Welcome to a Healing Peace Podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. I am the CEO and founder of J Intel, a nonprofit organization that bridges the gap between faith-based and therapeutic resources. Being an overcomer, visionary, and God's creation, I empower women with their emotional wellness and intimacy with God to live abundantly. In this podcast series, we reveal that our wellness is not just physical health, but includes mental and spiritual health. True health and well-being include all three aspects. We transform our lives when we care for our mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back. I hope you've been enjoying your fall. Now we're about to hit the holiday season. Yes, this year has gone by so fast. You know what I'm about to say next, though. Yes, tell your family and friends about us. If you have not followed our podcast already, if you have not left a review already, now is the time to do it. Lastly, do not forget that you can always catch up on previous episodes. As I stated before, sometimes I am on repeat. Thus, if you have a couple episodes that you enjoy, do not be afraid. Go back and listen again. There's always opportune time to keep you on your transformation train, learning and learning and growing. And sometimes we just need that positive, positive, positive reinforcement. All right. Thank you. And now back to the show. Questions for you. Has there ever been anything that you wanted to stop doing? Or even something that you wanted to start doing. Usually, when we want to stop or start doing something, we're simply trying to break or create new habits. You guys heard me talking about my habit of overworking? Yes, the Lord is constantly working with me in this area. I am happy to announce, though. Yes, I am happy to announce that I finally went on vacation. Can you believe it? Initially, I thought, what in the world? What would I do for a whole week? Especially a whole week without my computer. <laughs> you can go around hitting somebody, <laughs> taking their devices from them. It, initially, I was so confused. Like, what do I do with myself? How is this going to work? But luckily... My mother, being so sweet as she is, she convinced me to go on vacation. She said, girl, you know you need a break. Don't take care of yourself. And sure enough, I listened to some wonderful advice. I went on vacation. Not only did I have a chance to slow down, but I also had the opportunity to do new things. Dare I say, new adventures. For me to have new adventures, I have to make decisions consistently to not do things that I can do at home. It's so amazing how patterns, rituals, or habits can keep me in the same place in life. But on vacation, I had to say, hold up, girl. It's time to do something different. It's time to do something new. It's time to go ahead and push yourself. Do something. Well... I would have to tell you that I did do something new. I had a new adventure, and that was swimming in the, I don't know if it was a river or not, but all I know was that it was in a cave. 
And initially I was like, oh, why would you do this? But again, do opportunity to do something different. And I will also say that, yeah, I am not the best swimmer. And it was one of those experiences where you can't feel your feet at the bottom. Because usually I'll do pool stuff, but then the saving grace is all my feet reach the bottom. So I don't really feel like I'm completely dying. Well, I didn't have the bottom of my feet to be touched on something. However, God knew that I was a scaredy cat. So he did provide ropes along the cave so I could pull myself in those moments where I was getting a little tired. Not to mention, you cannot do something like that without a life jacket. So yes, I had my ropes and my life jacket. And all the while, I said, oh, Lord, thank you for taking care of me. I digress. I ended up having a good time. It was wonderful to do something different. It was wonderful to have a new adventure. But after our wonderful excursion, we decided we just going to chill for the remainder of the week. Now, my friend, she really enjoys the beach. So from time to time, she'll still be there and I'll go do something else. She'll still be there and I'll go do something else. But I will come back and visit and, and check in on her, make sure she was doing all right. And one of the visits, I noticed a father and son. The father was trying to teach his son how to swim. And instead of getting in the water, the son, he was fearful. He was scared, which makes sense. And so what did he do? He clinged to his dad or he clung to his dad for comfort. And it was so sweet, like seeing his dad just hold him. And in that moment, you can tell that the little boy felt safe. But what he didn't know was that his dad was also there to help him so that he could feel safe in the water so he can learn how to swim. And so he was unaware that his father was not only going to protect him, but also keep him from drowning. I'll have to say I've had one of those experiences, as I stated before. I'm not the best in that water. I get a little panicked sometimes. And then when I was younger, I had a father figure who's trying to teach me the old way, which was throw her in and help her to figure it out. Yeah, he didn't help me to figure it out. And <laughs> throwing me in did absolutely nothing for me. So when I saw the little boy and the father, I was so taken back by the dad's love and tenderness for his son that he wasn't trying to shock him to learn how to swim, but he was willing to hold him. He was willing to make him feel safe. But as I watched them, I mean, I was really looking and I was looking hard. But as I watched them, I thought about us as adults. At times, we can act similarly when dealing with our habits. You're like, huh? I'm about to tell you. Instead of trying something new, we become fearful of the unknown. We no longer feel safe. We often may say to ourselves, can I really stop doing my habit? Oftentimes we cling to our habits or behavior for comfort. We want to feel safe in our habit. We, we, we have a plan with it. We know how it works. We know the outcome. And because of that, it's easier to cling to that habit for comfort. I have this problem and I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one because I've talked about it numerously, about my tendency to overwork myself. It is a habit. It is a pattern. It's 
conditioned in my mind and how I work and in my body. And sometimes when I think about my work habits, I may think, oh, well, Lisa's keeping me sane because if I stop working, then I have to manage my emotions. So what happens? I become more afraid of dealing with my true self than breaking a bad habit. So what do I do next? I cling to it. Unfortunately, this way of thinking stops our personal growth. For me, thinking this way keeps me from going on vacation. And we all know we need to chill out sometimes and recuperate. But this way of thinking also keeps us trapped in addictions and all kinds of hurtful behaviors. Okay, back to my story. After staring intensely with the boy and the father and be like, oh, he's holding him. The mother comes on the scene. And I really enjoyed watching her work with her son. She had a different approach. She knew that he was afraid. So what she did was try to make him feel comfortable by having him move around in the water, trying to help him to see that nothing bad is going to happen to him, for him to get comfortable with something new. And as I watched their interaction, I was hopeful. I was like, yeah, she going to do it. You go, girl. I, I like this. I like this approach. It's awesome. But unfortunately, the little boy was still afraid and did not learn how to swim. Even though he didn't learn, at least he stopped crying and slowly began to let his guard down. His mom had a better approach, but the boy still needed to let go of his fear and trust the unknown. I don't know if you have felt this way before, but I will say I believe the son's experience truly represents the difficulty in saying no to bad habits. Why? Because instead of saying no, we can easily be tangled in fear, cling to our habit, and not pursue the unknown. The boy's interaction with his father and his mother reminds me of, you know what I'm about to say, mm -hmm. that good old Bible, you know how I love that Bible now. And, and one of the stories in the Bible that brought this situation to mind, and I was like, oh, that's a good one is the story of the man at the pool. Now, this story is not about someone trying to change a bad habit. Instead, it's about someone living in a bad state and requiring healing. At first, I was just going to tell you the story. But then I realized, you know, we all know how I love telling my stories and I can just get caught up. And lo and behold, we're here all day and night. And you're like, girl, I don't got time for all this. So what I decided to do is I'm going to read the story instead of me trying to paraphrase. So here we go. It starts out in John 5, verses 2 to 9. And it states, Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, an aromatic called Bethsheba which has five roofed colonnades. In this lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there 
and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take your bed, and walk. At once, the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Okay, what do you notice about the man? First, he was used to, familiar with, not being able to walk. He was in this state for 38 years. Instead of doing everything in his power to make it to the pool to get healed, he made excuses why he could not get well. Was he living in fear? He definitely did not have the faith to pursue a different outcome. Was he clinging to his illness for comfort? Did he want to get well? What would it take for him to push beyond fear and pursue healing? And why do I say fear at this particular point? It's conjecture, meaning this is an assumption because it's not written in the Bible. But I can assume that at some point he was like, man, I have to do all this work to get someone to help me. Now, now I got to tell people that I have a problem and now I got to go ask for help. They may not want to deal with me. And so the fear of how would they respond? Will they actually put forth time and effort to help me? Someone who can't give them anything in return. And so then the thought becomes, well, since no one is willing to help me, then I'll just have to be here. And I'll just stay because at least I have a place to sit. At least I have a place to be. And this thought process, and even as I'm sharing it, you probably think like, man, the the way that this person is thinking is keeping him trapped. Instead of trying and trying and trying, it, it became, okay, well, I'm not going to try anymore because I'm not getting the help that I need. So at the end of the day, instead of thinking ways to get help so that he could make it to the pool, and in order to do that, he needed to make arrangements. He needed to get there before others got there. And I will also add too that in this situation, it also required that he had to admit that not only A, I don't want to be in this current condition, but to admit that I have a condition to begin with. And I say this because sometimes, yes, we do. Sometimes we just need to say it out loud that we have a problem and we want to be different. Anyways, the people of the time, they knew getting in the water meant that they was going to get healed. Thus, Jesus asked the question, do you want to get healed or be healed? That's actually the phrase, to be healed. I want to highlight in Jesus' engagement with the man that he started the conversation first, not the man. 
The man didn't see Jesus. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know the power of Jesus. But yet, Jesus wanted to know about the man's willingness to be cured. So even though he ain't know Jesus, Jesus being who he is, he like, hey, I want to know what's going on. Why you been here for 38 years? I'm trying to figure this out. So what happens? Even though the man did not have faith in Jesus, what did Jesus do? Yes, he did. Jesus healed him anyway. Jesus, just by saying the word, bypassed the power of the water. And I'll tell you guys, when I thought about this and was reading more commentaries as well, one of the things that they highlighted was that Jesus' act of healing the man without belief in him reveals that Jesus is not limited by our lack of faith. Sometimes we get tangled and we stay in our habits because we don't have the faith to try something different. We don't have the faith to venture beyond fear and to try the unknown. But we see that despite our limitations, Jesus is more powerful than that. And in his power, he heals. Want support and guidance on your personal growth and development? Then pick up our personal growth and development workbook. Authored by a Christian counselor and our JNTEL founder, Kimir Baker. The workbook provides a practical approach for emotional wellness by providing insights and prompts for journaling as well as prayer. This approach reveals the power of self-reflection and self-discovery while mending emotional wounds with the help of our Father. Pick up your 10 weeks of daily encouragement and practice transformation. Go to ahealingpeace.com forward slash store to purchase your copy. So how does this story, because you know I mean my little stories, how does this story relate to the boy learning how to swim? How does this relate to saying no to bad habits? The little boy who was afraid to swim knew that his dad was safe, but he did not know that his dad would protect him while learning how to swim. For the man at the pool, he knew that the pool provided healing, but he did not know that Jesus could heal him. The man also clung to his illness. He allowed himself to choose what was comfortable instead of moving into action to possess something greater. And as I say this, one of the things that come to my mind was the saying of fall fast, meaning that we're going to have failures. Things are not going to be perfect. We're, we're going to bomb sometimes. But the objective is to be able to get back up and to try again and to pursue something different and to keep on our path despite of that initial thought or initial experience of failure. So in this situation, Jesus was coming to him and giving him the opportunity to fail fast. Like he bypassed that 38 years just by one conversation. You can't even, 38, one conversation. You want to get away? Okay, here you go. Boom. Oh, amen. But in all of this here, it's again with us having that challenge of moving beyond the comfortable into action 
to possess something greater. In terms of how the mother interacted with the son, she engaged with him by making the boy feel more comfortable in the water. She attempted to remove his fear so that the boy was not afraid to swim. For the man at the pool, Jesus removed the obstacle of the man not making it to the water. Mm-hmm. Jesus made it easy for him to receive his healing. The mother of the boy made it easier for him to learn how to swim. If the little boy allowed his mother's tactics to take precedence over his fear, he would have learned how to swim. He would have said, oh, okay, 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 I can do this. She with me. We got this. It's not, I'm not dying. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still above water. And as I shared already, our bad habits can keep us trapped in fear and keep us from pursuing our growth. Not only, now as I think about it, not only our bad habits, but this thought process also cripple us from starting healthy habits. It's like, hey, there's good things, healthy things for me to do. And instead of embracing those healthy things, instead, I'm a, I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of being successful. I, I'm a, I'm afraid of having that new job. And because I don't, I don't know what to expect with the new job. At least where I'm at right now, it makes sense to me. And, and at least I can manage other people's expectations. But with the new one, can I, can I even manage that? And so all those thoughts of, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't. And all those thoughts of fear and fear and fear. All those thoughts of, okay, well, let me stay comfortable. Uh, unfortunately, it keeps us from pursuing growth. Now, I'm going to go back and, and ask the million dollar question. How do we say no to these bad habits? How do we do it? First, we must possess the desire to want to be free from it and understand what is gained in being freedom. Okay, for me in my situation, about that overworking, in order for me to stop working, I have to embrace what it means to have more time. Well, the one big thing for more time is that, girl, you get to rest. (laughs) What would it be like if I was resting more, being refreshed more? Hmm, well, that means that I could actually help more people because I'm not too honored to have a conversation because I'm too tired. But again, there's things that I gain in that freedom of letting go that bad habit. And in order for us to embrace that freedom, we have to understand the value of pursuing something different. If we don't understand that value, we'll remain in the current situation. For the little boy, unless he sees and understands the value of swimming, he will never learn how to do it. Second, instead of clinging to the habit for comfort, we must cling to Jesus. The great thing about Jesus is that he will work a miracle in your life regardless of your faith. That's how good he is. Not only is he that good, but he cares more about you 
being the best you. And so he will orchestrate things in your life so that you can be the best you, even when you're not aware of it. Now, I will not be any help if I just tell you to want freedom and to cling to Jesus. You're like, that's it, girl. And you'd be like, hmm. Uh, I know you said that, but I'm not too confident that it's that easy. And you're absolutely correct. It is not that easy. And if it was, I would not be podcasting. All this time, we would have been done a long time ago. But we all know that in anything, when you learn something new, when you are face to face with a pattern, a ritual, that there's a process. There's a process. And to deal with our habits, we have to address the many components that keep us trapped. There's many components. So you know how I do. Every time I start a new segment, I invite somebody on the show. And I will not disappoint you. I've invited a friend to come back on the show. And and we delve into building healthy habits. We examine why is it so doggone hard? Can I just bounce up and be like, oh, I'm going to do this today. I wish it was that easy. But we're also going to spend some time to delve into how to overcome the challenges of creating new habits and how to extend grace with ourselves as we learn new techniques. And I really want you guys to come back. Not only A, so you know that you're not the only one who have to figure this out and work through this, but I want you to come back so you can be inspired and empowered to know that you can have great habits that build you, that keeps you on your personal growth train, and that encourages your transformation. So all right now, come back next week for another great episode. Until then, enjoy your week.